Hello and welcome to the Community Media Podcast, brought to you by the Community Media Association, or the CMA as we're widely known. I'm Terry Lee and I'm on the board, or council, of the CMA. And from the afternoon of the 29th of April 2023, I'm also the chair of the organisation. Thanks for choosing our podcast. Future episodes will look at community media and UK community radio news. We'll focus on community media organisations and look closely at what we are getting up to at the Community Media Association too. However, in this first episode, we are going to focus on sharing your views from a recent online survey that we conducted back in February of this year. Stay with us for those results, including the percentages and some of your additional comments, and to find out what the CMA intends to do about it. Before we go on any longer, though, some of you might be wondering, what exactly is the CMA? Here are Sean Medford and Susie Stevens, also from the CMA Council, to help explain. The CMA is the UK representative body for community broadcasting, committed to promoting access to the media for all and safeguarding the future of not-for-profit media. Our mission is to enable people to establish media for cultural and creative expression, community development and entertainment. We've been championing community media for 40 years and are driving dynamic approaches for its future and social value. Having successfully lobbied for the creation of community radio licensing in the UK, we continue to support and represent the best interests of not-for-profit broadcasters in an ever-changing landscape driven by technical and social innovation. The CMA are the link point with key sector stakeholders, including quarterly meetings with Ofcom and a regular dialogue with DCMS. We see a key role for our organisation in explaining regulatory framework to members. From the 1st to the 17th of February 2023, the Community Media Association surveyed the community radio sector on a number of different issues related to the issues and concerns we are frequently hearing from our membership. As a members' organisation, we are keen to ensure that our policy and lobbying group is campaigning on the topics that matter most to UK community radio practitioners – We had 100 responses, representing 76 organisations. The survey and the written report, available on our website, communitymedia.uk, was written by me. Whilst I hold a voluntary role with the CMA, including overseeing the CMA policy and lobbying group, my day job is senior tutor in radio and audio at the University of Bedfordshire in Luton. That's enough of an introduction. Let's share some results. The CMA's conclusions are based on the survey responses received. The conclusions are backed by the CMA Council and our advisers. Before looking deeper at the specific questions, here is a brief executive summary of some of our conclusions. The 50% rule. Based on our responses, opinion is divided on if the 50% rule enables community radio to find the right financial balance of being a viable business and community-led. 38% agreed, but 44% disagreed. 71% of responders said they actually had a good understanding of the rule, but many of the comments we actually received suggested that more could be done to explain how the 15k unrestricted advertising revenue and the value of volunteered hours 
can be used to offset advertising revenues. Our conclusions are as follows. The CMA will offer to work with Ofcom to give guidance, examples and raise awareness of the 50% rule, particularly to ensure there is a clear understanding of the 15k unrestricted advertising revenue and the use of volunteered hours as a source of income. The CMA will campaign for the £15,000 unrestricted advertising revenue to be increased loosening income restrictions on stations whilst also being future-proofed by linking with inflation. This campaign would be linked with the CMA's response to the next Community Radio Amendment Order, which DCMS are likely to consult us on later in 2023. The future of FM and AM. 82% felt that analogue frequencies should remain a broadcasting platform for UK community radio for the foreseeable future. Well, our conclusions are the CMA will campaign for AM and FM licensed community radio stations to remain on analogue frequencies for the foreseeable future, whilst there is still clear evidence for analogue listening. With regard to other broadcasting platforms, we will offer assistance to our members who are applying for carriage on SSDAB. We will continue to support Ofcom in their communications with regard to the rollout of SSDAB areas. The Community Radio Fund. 68% said they'd be more likely to apply for Community Radio Fund, also known as the CRF, if the size of the fund were increased. 78% thought the fund should have a wider scope with regard to which projects are funded in addition to the business development posts that are often successful. The CMA believe the Community Radio Fund, the CRF, should be index-linked to grow in line with inflation. In addition, the CMA believe provisions should also be made to increase the size of the CRF in line with the increase in the number of stations that can now access the fund, such as the new CDSP stations. We feel a wider scope of projects should be considered by the CRF. Community radio is a comparatively quick, low-cost and effective method of delivering outcomes for the government. Projects could focus on social benefits such as employment and training, education, social cohesion, media literacy, health and intercultural communications. Currently, the CRF does not fund any projects that cover a duration longer than one year. Longer-term projects could potentially have a stabling influence on community radio. The CMA will continue to support those stations applying for the CRF with their applications. In 2021, the CMA launched the CRF Assistance Scheme to support potential applicants who are applying for this fund. The vast majority of those applicants who were helped by the scheme, overseen by former CRF panel member Richard Hilton, were awarded money. We will work with members to highlight examples of excellent social benefits that can be attributed through community radio, especially if they were in part or wholly funded via the CRF. Analogue licence extensions. There is a clear sector view. 80% that a 12-year analogue licence extension, currently the extension is for five years, would be a positive change. The CMA would welcome changes in analogue community radio licence extensions from five to 12 years. 
We will campaign for this ahead of the next Community Radio Amendment Order, which is expected later in 2023. We note that should a national switch-off of analogue frequencies occur in that 12-year period, there would need to be further consideration as to how quickly this would affect community radio stations. This would also affect commercial radio stations. So how did we get to those conclusions? Let's take a closer look at each section of the survey. We offered two statements pertaining directly to the 50% rule. What's that we're talking about? Well, in short, in the Community Radio Amendment Order of 2015, changes were made to the rules regarding income from the sale of remunerated on-air advertising and sponsorship. In summary, these are... Each station is allowed a fixed revenue allowance of £15,000 per financial year from paid-for on-air advertising and sponsorship. Some stations may be allowed up to 50% of their total relevant income per financial year, disregarding the fixed revenue allowance, from paid-for on-air advertising and sponsorship, if certain qualifications apply. With both of the survey statements, we offered a scale to indicate the level of agreement, with one meaning strongly disagree and five meaning strongly agree. We also offered the opportunity to comment further on each statement. If you're following so far, good. (laughs) The first statement was, the 50% rule enables UK community radio stations to find the right financial balance of being a viable business and community-led. At risk of sounding a bit like family fortunes here, 29% of those who took the survey strongly disagreed, with an additional 15% disagreeing slightly less. There was an even spread across the other options, with 38% agreeing or strongly agreeing. 18% chose our middle option. Here is a sample of those that disagreed. It's pointless and has no standing in the current climate of radio. It doesn't protect big companies and simply hurts the little guy. In 2023, there should be no restrictions on revenue for any radio station, be that big or small. This rule cannot be allowed to continue after the mergers which allow the big groups to network large swathes of output. Community radio has become the local radio that was once ILR. Community radio should be able to compete freely for market share for local advertising revenue as well as potential local listener share. With the colour of BBC local programming, it's never been more important for community radio to serve its community. For those operating with a traditional community radio licence, I believe there are significant stipulations, such as the key commitments and non-profit status, that protect the community audio broadcast sector. The argument that removing the restrictions could lead to calls to end the community radio fund needs to be considered. And here is a sample of comments from those who agreed. It is important to stay focused as a community-led project and try not to become a commercial radio station. The 50% rule obliges stations to match income either with volunteers or grant funding, which will have its own social gain checks in place. It was always planned these would be primary tests of social gain, not Ofcom. Without the 50% rule, many stations I know for a fact would ditch half of their volunteers and grants in favour of advertising. There are flexibilities in rules like ignoring first £15,000 and volunteer time which help. Community radio stations should have no problems meeting the 50% rule if they provide enough opportunities for volunteers to participate in the community radio station. At the CMA, we note the split in the responses to this statement. Although 29% strongly disagreed, the broader picture is one of a division on this point. 
Uh, ultimately, 44% disagreed, 38% agreed. A factor for some of those who disagree appears to be the idea that the rule was introduced to protect local commercial radio stations, with most of them since replaced by networked commercial radio. Some have also highlighted that other conditions, such as the bespoke key commitments stations are adhering to, are enough to protect the character of community radio. A key argument in support of the 50% rule is that it offers a clear distinction between community and commercial stations, whilst also being relatively straightforward in meeting, should the station be volunteer-based, because of the value attributed to volunteer hours. Some alluded to the rule as a justification for the existence of the Community Radio Fund, which only accepts applications from FM-licensed community radio and CDSP licensed stations, financed by DCMS. The uncapped £15,000 advertising income was also mentioned by a large number of respondents, with some suggesting this amount be increased. The second statement was, I feel like I have a good understanding of the 50% rule. Just 16% of those who took the survey disagreed. 71% were agreeing or strongly agreeing. 13% 13% chose our middle option. Here is a sample of those that disagreed. Feel that the term from commercial sources is vague. Is this purely limited to on-air activities, for example? I'm not entirely sure about the value of volunteer hours. Apparently, it's a source of income. And here is a sample of comments from those who agreed. This rule is a ridiculous anachronism from a time before the internet existed and should be scrapped. It's a restraint of trade, running a professional radio station properly. Even when the presenters are volunteers, it needs paid staff to administrate it and needs significant funding to meet overheads and that requires revenue. It just needs simple accounting that will allow most CR radio stations to take nearly 90k of on-air advertising today. It seems that isn't appreciated. Ofcom's published advice on the 50% rule gives clear examples of how this applies to community radio stations. However, new entrants to the sector will need help with this, and existing practitioners will need periodic retraining. Therefore, Ofcom should partner with the Community Media Association to provide training and support in this area and others. Perhaps unsurprisingly, the majority of respondents were confident they understood the 50% rule. With hindsight, we maybe should have worded the question differently, but the CMA is often approached by members who are looking for clarification on their advertising income limits, particularly since the introduction of the uncapped £15,000 advertising revenue for each station. Those who expressed a lack of understanding of the 50% rule referred to confusion surrounding the on-air and off-air advertising revenues. There is also some confusion around how volunteer hours are valued and used as a source of income in Ofcom annual monitoring forms. Most who expressed an understanding of the rule highlighted that more could be done to educate newer stations and practitioners on the nuances of the 50% rule. 50% rule CMA conclusions. Based on the responses received, in addition to the wider thoughts of the CMA Council and advisors, the CMA would make the following suggestions. The CMA will offer to work with Ofcom to give guidance, examples and raise awareness of the 50% rule, particularly to ensure there is a clear understanding of the £15,000 unrestricted advertising revenue and the use of volunteer hours as a source of income. The CMA will campaign for the 15k unrestricted advertising revenue to be increased, loosening income restrictions on stations, 
whilst also being future-proofed by linking with inflation. This campaign would be linked with the CMA's response to the next Community Radio Amendment Order, which DCMS are likely to consult with us later in 2023. The next section of the survey was about the future of analogue frequencies, that's FM and AM. We offered a statement pertaining directly to Community Radio's future on AM and FM frequencies. Again, we offered the 1 to 5 scale. We also offered the opportunity to comment further on the statement. The statement was, I believe that FM slash AM should remain a spectrum for Community Radio for the foreseeable future. Only 9% disagreed or strongly disagreed. With 82% agreeing or strongly agreeing. Samples of comments from those that disagreed. If DAB carriage can be more affordable in this medium term, we should embrace digital and assign FM and AM to the history books. Let's look forward. The way we consume media has vastly changed in the last number of years, and I believe that FM is a small part of the listening ship. The cost associated with FM licensing is a major cost of community radio stations and should be looked at on balance. And here is a sample of comments from those who agreed. Not every generation has internet access. Some still prefer an old-fashioned radio set. These are still being sold in supermarkets, showing a continuing demand for FM and AM. Internet is growing more than DAB. The high cost of DAB and the way the areas are carved up is also excluding us from joining. FM is king, even today in 2023. There are still large amounts of cars who only have FM radio and lots of our listeners have a radio set at home which is still going strong. I actually can't even believe that this is being considered. There are huge amounts of people that still only listen on FM and until recently that included myself and I have worked in radio for 30 years. FM and AM are cheap, established and accessible. Technologies that are mature and easy to use. But community radio should also be available on all platforms where the audience wants to listen. However, there is a danger of creating a two-tier radio broadcasting sector with a digital tier and an analogue tier. Understandably, many of those who agreed that analogue frequencies should remain for the foreseeable future were part of stations who broadcast on an analogue frequency. Conversely, some of those who disagreed or who were indifferent do not broadcast on analogue frequencies. Many used this section of the survey to offer opinions about the key role FM played with their stations engaging with their audience. There were multiple comments alluding to analogue car radios, older audience using analogue radios, and even analogue radios being sold in shops. Some comments on this statement referred to unreliable small-scale DAB, or SSDAB, signal strength. This is a particular concern for community radio stations if analogue frequencies are, at some point, shut off. Some highlighted that the cost of SSDAB carriage was prohibitively high. There were also some responses that made specific mention of the future of IP broadcast solutions, specifically the rise of the popularity of smart speakers for radio listening. Broadly speaking, it would appear that most community radio practitioners are keen that their station is able to access the same platforms that the BBC and commercial stations are using. AM, FM, CMA conclusions. Based on the responses received in addition to the wider thoughts of the CMA Council and advisors, the CMA would make the following suggestions. The CMA will campaign for AM and FM licensed community radio stations to remain on analogue frequencies for the foreseeable future.
whilst there is still clear evidence of analogue listenership. With regards to other broadcasting platforms, we will offer assistance to our members who are applying for carriage on SSDAB. We will continue to support Ofcom in their communications with regards to the rollout of SSDAB areas. The increase in popularity of IP-based solutions is something that we will continue to monitor. We note internet radio is increasingly being used in new cars, as well as Alexa technologies. The CMA believes provision should be made to ensure that all Ofcom-licensed community radio stations are guaranteed affordable and reliable simulcast transmission over IP platforms in the future. Services like UK Radio Player have given community radio a platform to share with professional radio output. The CMA are concerned by the recent decision from BBC Radio to remove their own services from this platform. Our next section was about the Community Radio Fund. We offered two statements pertaining directly to the Community Radio Fund as before. With both statements, we offered a scale to indicate the level of agreement, with one meaning strongly disagree and five meaning strongly agree. We also offered the opportunity to comment further on each statement. And the first statement was, I would be more likely to apply for the Community Radio Fund if they increased the size of the annual fund, currently around £400,000. Only 8% disagreed or strongly disagreed with 68% agreeing or strongly agreeing. 24% chose the middle option. Here is a sample of those that disagreed. We'd apply any time we needed it, regardless. Any funding has to be explored to help finance the business and sustain it. More is needed in the pot, but we will apply to it nevertheless. And here is a sample of comments from those who agreed. We've benefited twice from funding from the CRF and are aware of the changes that are possible through extra funding. The cost of running a quality service, meeting varied local needs costs. As BBC becomes even less local, there's a growing role to play. I believe a small annual grant to stations meeting agreed criteria should be made. Support those making a difference. My opinion has always been it should be about £3 million doled out equally each January to a tune of about £8,000 per station, so we can pay our licence fees, streaming fees and our operating fees. People bidding against each other in the wider ethos of what we are about is totally unacceptable. We are each aiming for the same goals. The pot has not really grown since the start of community radio, but with the number of community stations on air with over 300 now licensed, plus with the start of CDSPs being able to apply, the chance of being successful is drastically reduced. I wouldn't want to take potential funds from those stations more desperate and struggling to survive. Our survey suggests the majority of community radio stations would be more likely to apply for the Community Radio Fund, or CRF, if the size of the fund were increased. Many of those who disagreed with the statement commented that they would always apply anyway. A number of responses alluded to their station not wanting to dilute funding away from stations on the brink of financial-based closure, despite their own needs and aspirations. Some respondents suggested an index-linked CRF to grow in line with inflation, otherwise a de facto cut in the size of the fund is being implemented year on year. Additionally, many argue provision should be made to increase the size of the CRF with respect to the increase in the number of stations that can now access the fund, such as the new CDSP stations. 
We can highlight that when the CRF first opened, stations could expect to receive around £30,000, which would be worth around £45,000 now due to inflation. Ultimately, any considerations about how the CRF is currently allocated are restricted by the limitations of the £400,000 annually. Considering that hundreds of licensed stations are now able to apply, if each license were given an equal share of the fund, the impact would be largely insignificant. The next statement we asked people to express a view on was, I would urge the Community Radio Fund to consider supporting more projects that encourage social benefits, as well as the business development roles. Only 7% disagreed or strongly disagreed, with 78% agreeing or strongly agreeing. Samples of comments from those that disagreed. Business development and sustainability is the key for most CR stations. In the past, we've seen money awarded to projects unrelated to broadcasting that do nothing to ensure the long-term viability of those stations. Without financial support to promote business development and support related business costs, stations will be forced to close, putting an end to all potential social benefits from broadcasting. And here is a sample of comments from those who agreed. I think that the decision to support business development directly is likely to lead to short-term only and mainly financial gains. This is not the same as sustainability. A non-profit organisation's development is very much more than income generation. One aspect that the fund was to cover was volunteer support. This has been pushed aside by the fund's emphasis on business, but it is part of building a strong organisation which is central to sustainability. It should allow for an element of core funding to allow stations to concentrate on their content rather than how to fund their station. This happened in the pandemic and needs to happen again now. We are royally isolated and a lot of our volunteers struggle with travel and access funds. It would be a great help to assist those volunteers if possible. Perhaps a rethink of the fund, pooling reserves from a variety of government departments, more schools, education, project funding. Maybe health awareness projects. I strongly urge Ofcom to pay for a radar infrastructure for each radio station to prove its listenership so that each station can attract radio advertising and sponsorship accordingly. There is a clear sector view that a wider scope of project should be considered by the CRF. There were several comments from responders supporting the statement who also stressed their support for commercial revenue-based roles. Business development roles have broadly been very successful since the fund was formed and we have since followed up with some of our members to provide Ofcom and DCMS some case studies of where the CRF has had some significant impact. A number of responses alluded to the need for a definition of social benefits in this context. Community Radio Fund CMA Conclusions Based on the responses received in addition to the wider thoughts from the CMA Council and Advisors, the CMA would make the following suggestions. The CMA believe the CRF should be index-linked to grow in line with inflation. We will campaign for this ahead of the next Community Radio Amendment Order, expected later in 2023. In addition, the CMA believe provisions should also be made to increase the size of the CRF in line with the increase in the number of stations that can now access the fund, such as the new CDSP stations. 
We agree with the broad view from responders that a wider scope of project should be considered by the CRF. Community radio is a comparatively quick, low-cost and effective method of delivering outcomes for the government. Projects could focus on social benefits such as employment and training, education, social cohesion, media literacy, health and intercultural communication. Currently, the CRF do not fund any projects that cover a duration longer than one year. The CMA urges decision makers to question if this rule needs to be in place. Longer term projects could potentially have a bigger influence on community radio. The CMA will continue to support those stations applying for the CRF with their applications. In 2021, the CMA launched the CRF Assistance Scheme to support potential applicants who are applying for the fund. The vast majority of those applicants who were helped by the scheme, overseen by former CRF panel member Richard Hilton, were awarded money. We will continue to work with members to highlight examples of excellent social benefits that can be attributed through community radio, especially if they were in part of wholly funded via the CRF. Our next section of the survey looked at analogue licence extensions. We offered a statement suggesting that Ofcom should reconsider the five-year licence extension system, adding analogue community radio should be licensed for 12 years in line with commercial radio licences. We offered a scale to indicate the level of agreement. Again, one was strongly disagree and five was strongly agree. We also offered the opportunity to comment further on the statement. Only 7% disagreed or strongly disagreed, with 80% agreeing or strongly agreed. Here is a sample of those that disagreed. Why not campaign for a smoother renewal process? The renewal is important, as Ofcom has already said, this is the only mechanism for checking the licences are all correct and proper. CR stations are not commercial stations. The business model is completely different. A five-year licence gives Ofcom the opportunity to check sustainability more frequently. A lot can happen in five years, let alone 12 years. And here is a sample of comments from those who agreed. Makes sense to fall in line, but all stations need to provide sustainable evidence every two years. Community radio stations often have limited resources and applying for licences can be stressful and time-consuming. Extending the licences to match commercial radio is fairer, creates a more competitive landscape and frees up community radio to focus on social benefit and supporting their communities. There shouldn't be one rule for one and another for someone else. Also, from the practical side, it would be much easier for Ofcom to do this. Whilst there is still analogue radio, a 12-year licence seems sensible. Perhaps with a caveat of potential switch-off date, assuming the service is broadcasting somewhere else, e.g. SSDAB, cutting the agreement short if required. Community radio has all but replaced local commercial radio, so the rules need to reflect that. There is a clear view that the 12-year analogue licence extension would be a positive change. The comments on this statement offered interesting insight into the wider views of our membership. Those who disagreed highlighted the need for checks and balances with regard to community radio licences. The CMA would counter this by highlighting how community radio licence stations can be found in breach of their licence by Ofcom by failing to meet their key commitments. 
Many who agreed with this statement highlighted the easing of admin burden that would occur by extending the licence from 5 to 12 years, emphasising benefits for both stations and Ofcom. Some suggested that community radio stations could still be asked to provide some evidence of meeting the terms of their licence every couple of years or so. Others suggested that it was difficult to justify a difference in licence extension rules between commercial and community radio. Some went a step further with this argument by suggesting that, in the absence of local commercial radio services, community radio was fulfilling the role that these commercial stations once had. Analog Licence Extensions CMA Conclusions Based on the responses received, in addition to the wider thoughts from the CMA Council and advisors, the CMA would make the following suggestions. The CMA would welcome changes in analogue community radio licence extensions from 5 to 12 years. We will campaign for this ahead of the next community radio amendment order, which is expected later in 2023. We note that should a national switch-off of analogue frequencies occur in that 12-year period, there would need to be further consideration as to how quickly this would affect community radio stations. This would also affect commercial radio stations. Our final section of the survey was about the CMA Festival. We gave respondents a number of suggestions for topics and themes that could be presented on at the next CMA Festival. We also offered the opportunity to comment further on the CMA Festival. Because of the nature of the question, the CMA would suggest that these responses could broadly indicate the concerns and interests of those practitioners who answered our survey, as well as what they are interested in seeing at the CMA Festival. Finances and funding are by far the most popular selection from our list, with 83.5% choosing this option. This reflects the challenging financial situation community radio stations are facing. Examples of successful radio projects and case studies are the second most popular selection. This would suggest to us that the CMA Festival has a role to play in disseminating community radio best practice. The CMA would also highlight that there has long been a healthy appetite for community radio stations to learn from each other's successes, which helps to explain the popularity of the Community Radio Awards. The third most popular selection was PPL PRS. This likely coincides with recent sector concerns about the increase in joint licence performing rights fees in 2023. The CMA is in dialogue with PPL and PRS with regard to the cost of the joint licence and future communications about it. Here's an example of further comments. It should be free to members. It used to have the AGM included, which was good for members to understand the CMA better. I feel it would be beneficial to have a session on brand, marketing and sales, potentially how to develop a robust sponsorship or advertising package, an opportunity for stations to share their costing structure This would help others to ensure they are pricing appropriately. Sessions on the best practice for social media and other marketing techniques would be good. I also suggest a session on station management, including best practice on how to encourage and manage volunteers. Bain representation. Always low, but there are literally tens of Bain broadcast organisations around the UK. We think it's a great way to keep members and local community radio stations abreast of the ever-evolving changes in radio community, as well as the chance of meeting other radio stations and people involved. We appreciate the work done by the CMA in the past and the present. For me, the stories of social impact should be the keystone of the festival. Last year, the Sound Vision training 
and Stephanie Hurst's presentations were distinctive highlights. Let's hear from a top business person, Deborah Meaden, Lord Sugar, Sir Jim Ratcliffe, for example. We would always welcome further thoughts and feedback from our members on what they would like to see at the CMA Festival. Email office at communitymedia.uk. That's about it. We appreciate your listening to our CMA Community Radio Practitioner Report from February 2023, the podcast version at least. There is a print copy available via our website, communitymedia.uk. The CMA appreciates the time everybody took to fill out our survey. It was extremely helpful and appreciated that so many also took the time to give qualitative data, examples and opinions too. As a membership organisation, we are keen to represent and to reflect the opinion of our supporters and will campaign for community media accordingly. If any members are interested in being more involved with the campaigning or decision-making of the CMA, please consider running for CMA Council elections. These take place annually at our AGM. Please subscribe to the Community Media Podcast for the latest news about UK community radio and the CMA. This podcast was presented by Terry Lee, Susie Stevens, and Shah Medford. It was produced by Terry Lee at the University of Bedfordshire. With thanks to Toby Crabb and Natalia Walner.